Hello guys, welcome to Turn Up to 11. Uh, we're back again. It's uh, Hopefully this episode will come out a lot sooner than the last one. I didn't really get a chance to apologise on the uh, on the last episode. Um, but yeah, there's been a bit of a delay because uh, me and Steph have been moving out and we've got internet connection problems and all sorts, but I won't bore you with the details. But we're back. Um, and uh, today we've got uh, today we've got a guest with us today, but I'll uh, I'll I'll introduce you. We've got um, we've got Dave and Steph. Good evening. Hello. How are we doing? Very well. Very well. Not too bad. Good stuff. We all we, we, we all we all happy. Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Things go. Yeah. No, I'm really really miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things on the grand on the grand scheme of things. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got uh, confidential with us. We've got George. How Hello, are Internet. How are you guys? Hello. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate this. Oh, uh, thank oh, you for coming yeah. on. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. We've been listening to your stuff recently, and it's uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm, I've got quite a few questions. I'm excited. I'm loving it to be honest. Oh, thanks, really, man. Really enjoying it. But um, yeah, well, uh, how have you been? How have you been coping with this uh, this Rona ridiculousness? that's going on in the grand scheme of 2020. <laughs> you well, doing all right? Yeah, well, things are definitely improving and getting better. I mean, at the start of the whole thing, when we were on lockdown, like everything had shut down. So like even local nurseries. So we had, um, we've, we've got a little kid, like a, a toddler, um, 24-7. I'm trying to work at the same yeah. time whilst, um, <laughs> whilst like, this toddler's kicking off <laughs> next in the next room. And that was severely, severely distracting so now that it's nice to be able to um yeah that he's able to go to nursery three days a week and i can get a little bit of peace and quiet in the flat and work <laughs> and it's nice to like, do a bit of songwriting <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah good uh, well yeah i can imagine i can imagine what it what it, that could be quite um quite a handful but uh, the the rate things are going at the minute I, I like you like you just said a minute ago about Brighton. Obviously, you're Brighton based, aren't you? So you, yeah, yeah. So we're we're got, potentially going into local lockdown soon. Um, sort of headlines yesterday were at least. Oh, it's 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 any it's going to going to be a matter of time, I think. Before I think Scotland's done for now. They're no longer having pubs open and stuff yeah, like that. So yeah. you imagine what that's like for the Scots. <laughs> 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 I can't I can't imagine that's gone down well. <laughs> It hurts them more than it would hurt anyone else. I, think. <laughs> well, so I, th- I yeah. thought every property had its own distillery up in Scotland. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's what I need to start introducing Chad to my place. Actually, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get the uh, the depressing stuff out of the way. That's that's Rona. I'm done with that. Bring on 2021. Hopefully, the world will be a better place. Um, on uh, on your side of things, George, t- tell us a bit about yourself. What's um, what uh, what first started? What first made you get into the genre of music that you're into at the minute? Oh, the the genre, man, that I'm doing doing right now. That came about in uh, 2012, I think it was. So, because I'd always wanted to be a heavy metal guitarist when I started playing guitar when I was like 12. Oh, really? And um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, totally, man. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I was it's like 
um, obsessed with Iron Maiden through most of my teenage years. Nice. Yeah. And I wanted it to just be just like them. I just wanted to be like Adrian Smith or Dave Murray or something. And um, <laughs> then one one time at un- university, um, we were studying each week like a different genre of music and hip hop came up this one week and everybody in the class just had a collective groan. And um, <laughs> the tutor was like, look, no, this is going to be cool. We're not doing like 50 Cent, none of that stuff. Yeah, you know, we're doing like proper good hip hop. And he put on this um this DVD that showed the roots playing on Jules Holland back in Oh the mate, the roots. Come on. Yeah. Quest love. Ex- Bring it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was so blown away by what I heard and saw with them. It was all just downhill from there for me, really. Um, so- <laughs> Can I ask, uh, when you said university, you are living in Brighton. Were you a BIM student? Perhaps. Yeah, of course. Because yeah, so was I. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm former Bim Brighton myself, so I'm guessing that was Damien Morris who uh, probably showed you yeah. the roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Damien. Oh yes, brilliant. <laughs> Do you still have long hair when you were studying there? No, he he trimmed his hair uh, down to a little Beatles-like bob. Yeah, he listens to this. <laughs> yeah, that's the version that I had as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just from that then, that was it. It just grown the love of that genre as such. Yeah, totally. It just came just came from that. Because when I was growing up, hip hop and weirdly reggae as well was banned in my house. Like my dad just hated that stuff. So when I was growing up, um, I was not allowed to listen to hip hop, not allowed to listen to reggae. And I was not allowed to listen to the Beatles, which was very, very specific. But... <laughs> 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 what? Usually, a- usually it's the hard rock and metal stuff that gets banned in a yeah. way to do household yeah. you were <laughs> rebelling by listening to Bob Marley yeah. They, they- oh yeah, oh, yeah certainly <laughs> well my dad encouraged that stuff I mean he was he was really big on like Alice Cooper and, and all that kind of stuff so that's how I got into okay. metal and also my brother um, is a bit older than me so he was like going through his angsty teen years when the whole new metal thing was going off so Limp Biscuit, Nonpoint, Spine Shank, those kinds of bands, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was what I was exposed to when I was growing up. But naturally, you you never, you know, you can't keep a genre of music out of the house forever. So mm. you know, I grew up playing like the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater video games, and you know, so glad that the remaster is out. Oh now. yeah, oh, that is such a good soundtrack yes. to a game. Is it, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go out there and say I think it is one of the best soundtracks to any game that has oh, ever yeah. been made. Yeah. Definitely. When you hear any track from it, you get this instant nostalgia. Most most of my playlists on Spotify are just those tracks still. So I'm listening to (laughs) Zebra Head and Body Gold and like kind of punk bands and and, and hip hop as well. Mm. So I remember growing up, I still liked that stuff, but I wasn't allowed to explore it any further. So it wasn't um, Mm. anything I could really get into. And then there was a period of time in, in like the early to mid 2000s where I just didn't like music. I hated it um, because all that I really heard was like Radio 1 and I wasn't into it. I didn't really understand it. I was too young, too immature. And then uh, my mum bought me uh, this DVD called The Young Ones, like the old sitcom from the the 80s. Yeah, man. Like a different band playing on each episode. And there was this one episode where they had Madness playing House of Fun and I was just so blown away by what I heard uh, that... I then started getting into that, start, got reintroduced to music, and then I had to pick up a guitar at that point. That is amazing. 
That is, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that the young ones is the inspiration <laughs> to picking up a guitar. That is amazing. I used to love the young ones. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's just freak luck for that that sort of thing happened though, because they they only made it a variety, like only put bands on because it made it a variety show, and they had to like didn't have to pay like union fees or something like that. So it wasn't even in the original idea for the show to to be putting bands on. It just turned out that it was like a cost cutting thing to do. Yeah. That, oh, that's brilliant. That's a good story yeah, from where you, to where you come from. <laughs> so was it literally, was it, was it from, from at that point that you started recording and making your own, your own music or is it, that's what gave you the inspiration to pick up an instrument up and carry on with the, the dream of making music? Uh, yeah. It, like the, the young ones and the whole madness thing. Yeah. Inspired me to pick up a guitar in the first place, but what inspired me with hip hop was, um, I had tried making a couple of beats and stuff shortly after the whole, like the lesson with the roots and stuff. But um, I was still at that point in a, in a metal band. Uh, we were like um, kind of like Deftones, um, but a okay. bit more proggy. So our, our lead singer was living with um, the guy who sang for Tesseract at the time when they were doing their second album. So oh, she was nice. living with oh, um, nice. Ashahara. So we were like really influenced by, by Tesseract, but then Deftones yeah. at the same time. And, um, but then I found a random ad for, um, this rapper looking, looking to get like a backing band and, and uh, I thought it was just like a session job. So I went there, auditioned and, um, got the part and it turned out that he was wanting to form like this full-time band and stuff. And then the, the metal things, um, just sort of started, started kind of going under and, and falling apart. So then I started um, focusing my energy full time into this hip hop band okay. for, for five years. So um, I quit them uh, April last year, mm. which was um, right. really, really horrible experience to be honest with you, because I invested you know, everything that I had, like thousands of pounds of money or my time and energy, effort, attention into this thing that then just, just, just crumbled. And it was it's, so a relationship. Horrible, yeah. it's a relationship, isn't it? it? When you leave a band like that, it's like going through a breakup almost, isn't it? You, you know, it's, oh, it's, absolutely. It hurts. It really is. Cause I still stalk the, um, the rapper on, on social media and stuff as you would do with an ex. Of course. To see what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> has, has he got any sure, bandmates uh, yet? Yeah. Looking at the uh, new guitarist like a new girlfriend. That's yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I have checked out the, the dude who's like doing a bit of guitar for him uh, a couple of times. He's like really good, actually. So I'm not going to like slag nothing off. I mean, mm. he's um, he's been putting music out and it, it sounds it sounds really good. And, you know, I'm glad that he's doing something because mm. um, it was, yeah, just like, it was really sad that, to see that something something fall apart like that and um it took me a long time to get over it yeah so um uh, you know i mean you said you wanted to get coronavirus out of the way unfortunately it was coronavirus that um finally kind of pushed me over the edge to become a solo artist and start and start doing oh right okay that's the positive though yeah yeah yeah, you've got to try and turn it around to a positive isn't it so that's giving you the push and so that is where confidential come about yeah yeah so I'd uh, spent a year after um, quitting my last band, we were called KG, my last band. So I've quit KG and then for a year I was trying to set something else up and working with different people, but I was just being let down constantly by mm. um, just getting like, you know, have a few studio sessions, do some writing. It all seemed to be going well and I'd just start getting ghosted or um, people just weren't willing to put in the effort or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And 
I just despite I was really really depressed and um, just having a really tough time so I just thought like oh, I've had enough of this I've got to do it myself I tried singing over the music that I'd uh, created but it, it turns out that um, even auto-tune can't salvage what I, what comes out I feel your pain brother yeah, yeah man, it gave me like a new uh, kind of appreciation for, for artists you know like Drake and Future who 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 use the auto-tune loads and you think like, oh, well, this means anybody can do it. Actually, it turns out you can't. And, you, know, you do have to... <laughs> you have to have a level you know, of singing yeah. before you can yeah, use yeah. auto-tune. Yeah, and, and the delivery as well. I mean, the way they deliver it is just so... Um, it's got so much kind of confidence and charisma to it that it works. Whereas mm. when you've got, you know, average average Joe Me trying to do it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It comes across really awkward. So um, I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to do... Um, these like chill hot beats because at that point I think I discovered the genre and uh, like chilled cow of course on YouTube uh, this twenty four seven stream about six months before that and I was like okay let's let's really push this. Mm. I've got I have got a question for you actually. I've, I've, what is um is there a reason why the tracks are so short? Yeah, um, for me it was mostly just because on the on my first album at least I was trying to replicate and and sort of um. Uh, copy what other other artists were doing especially because um it was a new start for me it was trying to do something new and i was still very much learning and finding my feet so i looked at what the artists the other other artists were doing they were like okay well their, their tracks are around about like you know 32 bars that sort of thing so yeah. i thought i'll just stick it keep it to that but i think attention spans are so short particularly with the um the audience the, the the target audience for for chill hop genre mm. um attention spans are so short that you want to keep the song short just just so then short move on to the next beat okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's, it's kind of it's kind of new to me that genre it's it is and it isn't i've always been a hip-hop fan I, I, my, i've got uh, i've got a lot uh, brothers that are a lot older than me they never always they, one of them was like a massive hip-hop fan going like i, I got brought up on like two live crew and Stuff like that, oh, and, nice. uh, yeah, proper old school hip hop. So I've I've always had it's always been a soft spot for me, um, but yeah, I've been recently recently put forward to this the, the, like the lo-fi and the chill hop kind of side of things, and I really enjoy it. I think it's great, and I've been listening to your stuff and uh, albums over the time, and it's just it's just nice and chilled out, and I, I, I really I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. That really does mean the world to me. So thank you so much. No, 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 after... no, one thing I like about it, even if the tracks are short on your album they seem to change seamlessly and if i'm just yeah. kind of doing something whilst i'm listening to it i'm thinking whoa wait what song are we on now and i look at the track listing and i'm on like track six and i'm like oh i didn't even realize it's just been like one nice kind of seamless journey up through the track so it's it was kind of nice in that way if they're quite uh, short but they move on so quickly and nicely yeah. into the next one you know i mean I've, uh, I've, thank you i've noticed with your with your work i mean the the tracks are short but there's a lot of thought that goes into them. So you, the, the way you've you've sort of designed the tracks and the audio that you choose to put in, there's a lot to be said in those short few minutes. And it's like you can, like Dave said, you can listen to it and you won't realise you're on track six or seven. You'll still feel like you're at the beginning of the album because the transition is so smooth and that there is so much to say with each track. Mm. So it's it's incredible that you've managed to utilise that aspect and especially with the short attention spans as well. You, you've kept that in mind and you, you've still been able to get a message out there with it. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, that, that was a conscious um, effort on my part to try and make it make the album more of a journey than just like, this is track one, this is track two. So it's like trying to go through some kind of process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I've got two albums out now and the first one um, was very much kind of representing myself in a dark place. So at that point in my life, I'd actually um, been um, declared uh, that I had an eating disorder and um, uh, had um, postnatal depression, which is turns out something that men can actually get, which is oh, really, really weird. Yeah. And, 100%. and um, yeah, and um, it was a part of my kind of initial recovery process of like, I'm in a dark place and I just want to, you know, I know I will get better, but, you know, I don't know when that's going to be. It's going to be sometime tomorrow, hence the name, you know, the idea that tomorrow never comes because it really felt like I was in such a hopeless um, mm. hopeless place whereas yeah. my um, my second album which came out last um, uh, last week that um, that that's called recovery because it's um, like I'm in a much better place and I think the tone of music is also a lot happier as well yeah. Yeah. Um, looking at uh, kind of my, my recovery process really because I'm not not 100% so there are some sort of darkish patches in in the um, in the album mm. there's a track called I Can't Sleep but overall, it's much more an upward trend. Mm. It definitely yes. reflects that in the tonality of the, the tracks. Yeah. It's definitely a more yeah. kind of upbeat kind of nature, if you like, to it. Not upbeat, happy, happy, but you can see the progression, if you like. Yeah, there's a lot more energy, mm. definitely. And that's not to say that it just means, I mean, I do consider it a better album, but also it doesn't mean that, um, it, you know, having more energy doesn't make something better. It's just um, the, the, the tone and the sound of it. I mean... Um, one of my most popular tracks is um, one from my first album called Ghosts, and that's quite uh, a slow. I, um, I love that track. I absolutely Thank love you. it. And it, it, this was going to be a question I was going to bring up because uh, the the video that you've collaborated with with the um, the animator that come up with the the, the video. Oh yeah, yeah. with it. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I remember seeing. I saw the video before I heard your track. Well, like it was quite a while ago, and then when I heard it with your music in the background, I was just. It was. It's. It's. It's heart wrenching, man. It's, yeah, it's, so, man. it's so hard hitting. It's absolutely beautiful. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, it's, it's so great. brutal. I remember when I saw that video, it was just so. Um, it was really hard to watch the video the first time I saw it because that yeah. animation was released mm. like 2012, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I, I knew that um, I they would fit that track really well. And so there I was editing the track through tears. It was so yeah, difficult yeah. to uh, <laughs> edit the video, cut it down to size and, and get it to fit this track. Um, not only because like I had so much to cut because the music's so short, but also because it was just like this heart-wrenching story that I'm having to watch over and over again. Yeah, it goes together so well. It's I'm always well chuffed off when, beautiful. when Steph yeah, first showed me that. I thought it was brilliant. So uh, do you, uh, do you use, um, so do, on the mental health side of things, do, do you use that as like a coping mechanism to, does that bring you deeper into making music? Is that what you use as like an outlet to rather? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, when I, when I left my last band, I spent a year, um, basically no identity. I'd, I'd lost my identity because, um, music was something that I'd spent so much time doing and, and invested so much time and effort into it that it was all I did in my spare time. And to not have that for, for a year was really, really difficult. So 
um, being able to write and release music, it just like it just puts my mental health in such a much better place. Definitely, yeah. I can, uh, definitely understand that. As I say, as, as a musician, it's 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 part of your identity. Being able to to go out and gig it, or go out to play it, and mm. write it, and everything else, it's part of who you are. You strip that away, you start the question: well, What's left? You know, yeah, it, it yeah. can be very yeah. difficult. Very, very difficult. I think. Yeah. Going back to lockdown, I think a lot of musicians have felt that generally as it is having gigs stripped away and the likes as well. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, it was it was everything for me because I used to um, with my last band, I was writing every single night and I'm, I'm basically back at that stage now where I'm writing music every single night. So my uh, my wife passed out on the sofa, like just absolutely knackered <laughs> and uh, I'll get a laptop out and just be like making beats and and she'll just be there like snoring yes snoring next to me <laughs> be, I'm very happy when she up. listens to this yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there have been a couple of times where i'll wake her up like all right, all right you gotta check this out what's it listen to this and she's like i'm too tired i can't form an opinion <laughs> excellent uh i think steph you've got a couple of questions uh, I did, yeah. I mean, the, a couple of them have already been answered. Um, I did. I wondered about the name Confidential. Um, so I know you've done a few different projects and this is kind of your first thing on your own. So the, the, the name Confidential, what inspired you to use that particular name or that particular word for, for your branding? Is there, is there a story behind it or does it mean something? It, it's pretty dull unfortunately I'd, I'd wanted I'd always wanted a producer name when I was with my last band and Confidential I just thought it sounded really cool um, I'm planning on saving my my real name um, George Wakely for um, when I finally pull my finger out and um, start making start um, recording some classical music so that's oh, so, wow. okay. oh, that's a cool yeah yeah so okay. I was originally tra- trained as a classical guitarist even though I was really into madness and stuff like that my teacher um, got me onto classical music and, and studying classical guitar alongside um, a lot of the contemporary stuff. But um, the, a big, our big focus was on um, was on classical music, and it was really really cool to be studying that stuff. And then uh, halfway through lesson, we then start jamming uh, "Lamb of God" on the classical night. <laughs> uh, if you ever get a chance to drop D, a um, nylon string guitar it sounds so dark and brutal yeah. it's amazing <laughs> i can't say I've ever, no I'm, on a nylon i don't yeah i'm gonna have to i see i know what i'm doing like yeah yes, <laughs> we're, we're all gonna go off and do that <laughs> yeah. oh it's amazing it's so cool and it's actually i learned a lot from doing that as well though because your fretboard on a classical guitar is really wide and mm. And yeah. big so it makes it a lot harder to play like these like super fast like I'm trying to pull off redneck kind of redneck on giant jumbo frets <laughs> oh, seems like a bit of a oh. task yeah oh we did it we did it <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the classical side of things is that something that you're going to pursue then is that something that you're going to look to in the in the future or yeah not not um not seriously like the confidential and the, and the, the chill hop stuff at the minute is my main focus but I would eventually like to just for the fun of it and just say that I've done it, put out, uh, yeah, like a guitar recital at some point. Yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got the, the equipment to do it. I just need to actually start learning, the, learning the pieces and, and practicing them and then getting them recorded, getting it out there. Yeah. One project at a time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd rather do one thing um, really, really well than do multiple things kind of like half baked. Yeah. Yeah. 
Isn't kind of the BIM ethos, isn't it? Creeping back in there. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does, was it, it do, do simple things well. I think that was, yeah. a, that was yeah. the ethos, wasn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, Sim- focus your energy on the one thing and do that extremely well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but which I, I, think, I, I think that is a big chill hop thing, though, to be able to do, like, it is really simple music and but the, the producers out there, you know, I mean, I'm trying to pronounce some of their names, you know, like uh, Jason and Jafly, I, I pronounce them, I guess. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those things where that they clearly didn't care when they were like releasing the music and they just like typed any old thing. And, and now mm. people are trying to like pronounce it and decide what the hell it is. <laughs> but they, like they're doing, they're doing the simple music so well that um, it just, you know, you don't need you know, all the complex stuff um, in order to make it work and so I'm actually writing an essay at the minute which is pretty much declaring that chill hop is like the punk music of today because the idea of punk music being you know buy a guitar learn three chords and start a band I think it was Johnny Rotten that said that mm. and um, chill hop you know it's making music really really accessible because the popular stuff at the time was all the um, the progressive stuff you know Pink Floyd and um, mm. Roxy music music that kind of thing whereas mm. uh, punk music was like anybody can do can make music and be a rock star here we'll prove it to you and chill hop is the same thing it's making music really really accessible to to anybody to be able to write produce and release music yeah mm. taking taking it back to basics without over compliment without over complicating things absolutely you absolutely. say it's quite simple but listening to some of your stuff it's quite intricate and I, 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 I'm a big fan of like the little details, like in um, in teardrop when you, at the beginning when you've got like the little push bike with a bell that you can just hear in the background and things like that, and little intricate things in the background. Yeah. I think make a hell of a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's definitely me, the 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 progressive side of me coming out there. I think. Oh, because that's um, very Pink I'm... Floyd of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, having having obviously come from playing in uh, like progressive metal and tech metal kind of uh, bands and genres. I think that side of me still does come out from time to time. So with the, um, so with like the, 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 the track names and stuff that you've got, you said that you, every, every track's got like a, a story behind it. Is it, is it, do you, do you literally just get like in a certain kind of mood and think, oh, I'm going to write a song about that. Or I'm going to write a track about that. And then so on and so on. Or do you, do you write the music? broadly and then like, what's your production process what what do you first start with uh it's definitely the former so something um at least most often it's the former so um something will inspire me i mean sometimes it's um in, on my first album there's a track called night skies where i was literally just looking up the sky and then like just idea came into my head and i was like quick run home and get you know, <laughs> lay, lay that down get that sorted and, and and written down um and then other times yeah i'll try and um I'll try and sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to write something. So I'm writing nearly every single night now. Mm. Um, but I usually I'll try and think about um, something emotional that, that will bring about, bring about creativity. Um, yeah. Whether it be, um, yeah, whether it be like a family member or a recent event or something like that, or generally how I'm feeling at the time. It does yeah. shine through very much so because some, when I look down the titles and then I try and picture the scene, if, if you like, and then, the chord selection and the layers, it just comes across. It communicates the title of the track so well, which I think must be very hard if you're not using lyrics as such to lay it out there. Do you know what I mean? 
it's one yeah, thing I definitely. thought was incredible. I mean, one of the most simple tracks on the album, um, which what was it? I was unexplainable things. Right. That was one that for me because yeah, it, it seemed probably one of the most simple. But when you look at the title, I thought, wow, that really makes sense. Just the tonality of the whole thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, th- th- there is that little sample at the beginning as well where he says, like, oh, so many unexplainable things are happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just thinking about, like, the sci- sci-fi films from, like, the 50s, you know, like um, War of the Worlds and stuff like that. Um, uh, as I was writing the track, I thought about I thought about those things um, because the music sounded a bit like it could have belonged in one of those films, in a, in a sense. Yeah, uh, it just reminded yeah. me of those films. And then I was like, oh, I've got to stick that quote. Oh, I've got to stick that sample in there somewhere. That'll be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it worked really well. It's really nice. Thank you. Um, how did uh, the, the track that you got is uh, Life Is Not The Same. That really yeah. hits home for me. Yeah, it does. I, re- that, I, I, that, I really appreciate that one. That one That one does hit home. What's the story behind that? How did that come about and how the, with the, the, the lyrics over the top of it and whatnot? Yeah, uh, it's kind of two parts to the story, really. So the first is that that, that track was intended to be on my first album. And um, uh, I, I really liked this band called uh, Rishlu, which are like an Australian prog oh, rock band. Oh, they're fantastic, yeah. And, yes oh i'm Fantastic. so glad that one of you guys knows yes i think you introduced me to them that's why oh. i know of them yeah yes oh, i was so glad i was able to do that Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um they, they had like this this uh b-side in one of their albums um which is called uh, i don't want to be an emperor which uses this speech from charlie chaplin's um speech at the end of the great dictator film and that you know, is I mean, what it reminds me of that, yeah that makes yes. sense now yeah. yes uh, and you know, I know it's been used by like Paolo Dutini and, and, and artists yeah, like yeah. that in, in their music as well. And I wanted to write a backing track to go with that, uh, with, with at least part of that speech. And I did it. And then I got in contact with um, Charlie Chaplin Estate and they wanted to charge me 1500 euros to use like 10 seconds of his speech. And I was like, well, I'm not planning on making any money out of this music. So I'll just mm. write my own version instead. So, um, uh, luckily, my Facebook newsfeed is filled with um, both both extreme sides of the whole like Brexit debate and what you know, like mm. how the government handled coronavirus, all that kind of stuff. And um, and so there was plenty of inspiration there. And then Black Lives Matters happened as well. Obviously, yeah. with um, George Floyd getting shot, you know, really really sad times. And it just got me thinking about how how that whole situation was handled and how people are reacting to things like brexit so that's where lines like you know the first line that i came up with was um uh, uh we march towards equality yet we still yearn for the days of empires and segregation that was the first line i came up with and um just kind of went went from there really um and it was massively also influenced of course by metal gear solid for the uh, speech at the beginning where he says the war has changed he keeps saying that over and over again yeah. and yeah. so that's why he keeps um he keeps saying life is not the same and uh i had attempted to record that myself didn't come out very well so um i found this um this really great actress uh, her name's amanda who um delivered just the most amazing brilliant performance of um of the speech and sent it over to me and it just fit perfectly it was so she really she really did it sounds fucking brilliant yeah yeah she's so brilliant and uh, she's got a film coming out soon as well um this film just before lockdown um i'll try and get the title of that before before this podcast ends 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Get it in. Yeah, no, I really like yeah. that. It's, it's it's a very it's well written. Very it's a hard hitting, and it, it's, it's very emotive. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so really uh, I didn't I didn't want to wait around and wait around and get that um get that sorted. So that's why it ended up being a standalone single because it was just didn't fit on the second album. It was written for the first one, but I wanted to get the first one out as quickly as possible. So um, it's just like okay, I'll do it as a standalone single, and then um, decide to put a B side on there as well. So that's where working late. Yeah, came in as well. Oh, I really like it. I think it's. I think it's brilliant. Have you got um, what have you? What, what else you got in the pipe? you got another album coming out soon? Yes, because because you're flying these out rapid fire, mate. Oh <laughs> these, yeah, yeah. These, these are coming. Out, <laughs> these are coming out quick. Yeah, well, I don't have to tour behind it or anything like that. I mean, admittedly, um, you know, obviously, gigs not really much of a thing at the minute. Um. And yeah, obviously you guys talked about that plenty in your, in your, your first couple of episodes, but um, uh, yeah, because I don't have to tour behind the album, I can just start writing again immediately after finishing one. So I'm trying to pump out an album every every three months, but if if it's not working out, then I'm not going to just put something rubbish out if if that's yeah. the case. But I do have a, another another album lined up for January, which um, I'm just... Is there plans for live application of these albums? I would love to. That would be great. But having been let down by so many musicians over the over the year, which obviously made kind me decide to start doing a solo thing. It's, kind of um, the point of doing it by yourself, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't have to sort of rely on yeah. others, really. Mm. Which is a shame because I really want to work with other people, and I have missed writing with other people and recording with others, and it has has been a real um, a real shame and a massive learning experience as well, though, because I've only got mm. myself to rely on now. But um, yeah. eventually live, I'd love to put together a band to sort of use those songs as a foundation, but mostly just improvise and jam on stage. That would be really cool. That's something yeah. I've always yeah. wanted to do. Yeah, it's definitely something I'd like to hear. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a backstage pass, mate. <laughs> uh, sorry, there's, there's three of us here. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, yeah. you get a backstage pass. You get a back- Everybody gets yeah, a backstage yeah, yeah. pass. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you at the Concord. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Dave's, Dave's going to have to involve a plane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I live in Lanzarote, so it's, it's a bit far away for me. But it's, be worth the trip. Be worth the trip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll get, we'll, we'll get you a dinghy, Dave. You'll be all right. <laughs> we'll get you. Get you get your rubbing arms on, you'd be sound. Uh, I'll meet you on the beach in that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. I was going to say, with the, the narrations that you've got, um, obviously you've got the people who do the voiceovers of the, the speeches. Are they all people you know, or do you do do you take clips from things like TED Talks, things like that? Yeah, I took, I've been taking clips from um, from films and, and, and TED Talks, things like that. So mm. um, it's stuff that I've managed to get permissions to use luckily for uh, even very cheap or for free which has been nice um, <laughs> but in term in, in terms of um life is not the same in having somebody else do it um amanda was something somebody that i didn't know before she um i'd put out a post on a on a acting page on um oh, a group okay. on, on facebook okay. and she mm. she was one of the ones who got in contact and her, her oh. show reel was just the most relevant to what i was trying to achieve oh, brilliant, brilliant. Mm. So with uh, so what is it on 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 so obviously the guitar samples you've got over the top of it? I take that's you playing guitar and stuff. Is it do you, do you do all the piano loops or are they all in like sample packs and or have you putting them all together on a keyboard with a, like a MIDI player and stuff or what's the process? That you um, it's a that? it's a mixture. So on the first album, the aim was to um, not use the guitar at all, which was right. a major major challenge. So it was a um, I'm trying 
my hardest to, to learn as much as I can. Hence, um, this track on my album called The Point of It All, which is basically going back to what I'm about to say, really, which mm. is um, all, all I've ever really wanted to be is to be a good songwriter. And in order to be a good songwriter, you have to keep learning. And so I'm trying, every time I'm writing a song, it's usually me trying to do something different. Um, so on this first album, there was a lot of trying to, yeah, use samples as exclusively as possible. But there were a few um, a few elements that I would have programmed in MIDI on, on MIDI. Um, yeah. But I don't have a keyboard, so I'm not actually playing the keyboard. I'm literally just like drawing it in on, on a laptop screen um, yeah, yeah. and writing the, writing the notes. Um, on, my, on my second album, Recovery, uh, it was the opposite and trying to use as little samples as possible and play as much guitar as possible. So it was kind of letting myself get, go, kind of go all out, really. And yeah. that in itself was a major challenge because um, with, with my last band with KG, we, I was trying to write guitar-based hip-hop tracks and they weren't coming out very well. I mean, um, I've been a huge Jurassic 5 fan since. Oh, um, mate. Now you're yeah. talking, brother. Since that fateful lesson at, at BIM, obviously people were getting me into different, different hip-hop groups and stuff like that. And Jurassic 5 was one that really stood out. And uh, the first one that I was ever shown was uh, Concrete Schoolyard. Concrete Schoolyard, oh, yeah. mate. It's yeah, it has that, um, like, I don't even know what kind of sample it is. It sounds like either like electric piano or guitar. It's like it clearly been quite manipulated. And yeah. I've always wanted to kind of make something like that. And it just wasn't working. And then on recovery, I was able to finally kind of get the guitar tone I wanted and build up a track based around the guitar that um, sounded, didn't sound hollow, didn't sound terrible. It actually, for me at least, came across really, really well and sounded good. Mm. And um, so that was, you know, a large parts of the album was like seven years in the making, just trying to yeah. learn how to, how to write a hip hop track with the guitar. Mm. Yeah, it comes it comes across well, mate. So Jurassic Five, mate, you're in there with me. I, I love J Five, man. <laughs> yes. I love them. Absolutely, yeah. Love them. Oh, they're, they're so, amazing. They're, they're incredible, and uh, like Ugly Duckling and things like that. They are. I'd say they're mark. They're they're run. They're they're far underrated. Like, they're, they're, yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're amazing they're absolutely brilliant so what so uh what kind of what kind of gear do you run through then is it uh, what what guitars you play what 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 instruments you're using oh on, i've on got uh have you got an extensive collection are you are you, uh, are, you uh, are you like a, a tackle tart have you got like loads of gear and <laughs> i wish <laughs> i wish man yeah. i mean i call i call, I call my uh, effects pedals like my my other family my better family but um <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I've got um, here here in in Brighton. I've got four four guitars, which sounds like a lot, but then when you break it down, it's it's two electric guitars. One of which um, is pretty much exclusively used for like rock and metal music. Um, mm. So it's like a, yeah. a G and L um, like you know, high output humbuckers that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. it um, not really doesn't really get that much attention anymore. And then um, well, four doesn't sound that much. How many do you have, Saban? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I've, I've, I've trimmed down. Bullshit. I've trimmed down. I have trimmed down. You've got no room to talk. Don't start fighting that out to me. I don't know I've what only, you're talking I've about. Got, I've, got, I've, only, I've, only, I've only got eight. I've only, <laughs> doesn't mean I can play any of them. <laughs> they are works of art, though. I would love to collect them. I just want, like, you know, when I walk into, like, Gak or 
or, oh, or PMT God, or anything like that. Yeah. Any of those shops. That's what I want my home to look like. I just yeah. want to live <laughs> in DAC, you know, in, in a guitar shop where it's just like the walls are just lined with different guitars. Now, nice. you know, because I've seen the videos of like um, Yingui Malmsteen, he's just got like guitars everywhere. Oh, yeah. All lined yeah. up. I mean, he treats them down absolutely terribly i mean I, I would just like tend to them like they were my own children sort of thing you know? <laughs> um, that's basically the, what i do with mine yes yeah, yeah. i'm not having kids so. yeah. <laughs> no room yeah, for a child oh, no. guitars on the wall no. yeah exactly yeah it's, it's, it's the way to go i mean they're much much less maintenance that's for sure <laughs> um, yeah i've got i've got the i've got the two electrics now i've got a steel string acoustic and a, and a nylon string classical acoustic so um, they all kind of serve a diff- very different purpose each. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't have too many guitars, mate. I'm telling you. Can't have too many. You're talking to two people or two hosts who uh, made a drunk purchase of guitars on the exact same day. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same, exactly the same time uh, without knowing or talking to each other. So I just sent a message going, ah, I've definitely made a drunk purchase and it's I've just got a message about it. So, ah, funny enough, so have I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and they both turned up on exactly the same day yeah, as well, didn't did. they? We did yeah, like a little unboxing thing going, ooh, what we got? <laughs> Would have been even better if they were the same guitar. You know, there was like this like, <laughs> offer on some <laughs> oh, but that's so cool though. Especially like, imagine if you'd forgotten that you made that drunken purchase and it just turned I up did. randomly one day. We did, yeah. We did. Hundred percent. I, did. Yeah, 100%. I, did. I completely forgot about it. I, I made, I, I put the order in like months and months ago. Completely forgot about it, and just got sent a picture. The bloke, I, the bloke I ordered it off just sent me a photo. He's like, it's oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's on, it's on its way to you. And I'm like, ah, what? What's that? What's <laughs> it's like, oh, do I need to pay you? He's like, no, you've already paid. I'm like. Ah. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so, I couldn't, I couldn't tell the missus about it. I had to like try and sneak it in. So luckily, she was, she, she, yeah, she, she oh. was at work, and I've brought it into the house, and I and I had, I had, like, I had, I had a space on the racks on the wall because I, I decided to lose it and smash a twelve string up, uh, and gave it a, Val, I gave it a Valhalla send off. So I thought if I just put it on the wall, she would never know. And she, she come in once, and she looked at me, she's like, "You're all right, I'm playing away." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I started talking. She walked out. I've, I've nailed it. That's it. She doesn't know. I've managed to, I've managed to like blend, blend them all in and she come in a couple of days later and she goes, where's that purple one come from? I went, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I was like, what do you mean? That's been there since we've moved in. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> Just out oh, the corner, no. right in the corner, there's the box with the fragile written all over it. In the corner. <laughs> I'm like, shit. I was like, I've not got a very good way of hiding that. <laughs> yeah, you, you, got, you just got a bit cocky there, man. That's what happens. You do yeah. that though. When you sat in like, you know, you go to you sit up to like a, a classical recital or like a comedy gig or whatever, and, and there's a seat that says reserved in it, nobody in it, and you just decide, wow, I'll just sit in it, whatever. And after a little <laughs> while, you start to get a bit um, sort of cocky about it, and you get complacent, and you sort of forget there's uh, reserved sat on it. But then I heard a story once about like these these two brothers that that did that, where they sat on these two seats, and one of them had reserved on it, and like one of them sat on the reserved seat. And by the end of the gig, they'd forgotten that the reserve sign there. And this uh, this comedian that had been doing the gig said, like, oh, this is the end of the set, guys. Thank you very much for your time. But I need to let you know now um, that I want to dedicate this set to to my father. I think you know where it's going now. Oh, um, oh no. He, last oh, no. gig, he, he, he died a year ago. And oh, me cringe fans are going, man. He was in this very room. 
No. No. <laughs> I like to keep the seat that he's he sat in that night reserved just as like a sign of respect and the no. spotlight came on like the dude. <laughs> just sat there with oh, his mouth my wide. fucking God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. That was fucking like, that horrific, mate. That awful feeling. World yeah. swallow me up now. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah exactly. You just <laughs> there's one of those oh. things probably where your brain forgets about it, and a few days later your brain just reminds you. Do you remember when you did that, mate? Oh, don't remind me. Oh, no. <laughs> Even better if it was televised for a DVD of some sorts. I mean, that's gonna stay with oh, you forever. My... Oh, God. Yeah, that would God, have been mate, so brutal. I feel honestly, I feel yeah, I couldn't imagine it. I, I literally <laughs> just, I just like slump into a ball in the. I just die. I just that's it. I'm done. I couldn't. Oh, mate, that's. <laughs> I think you know what my reaction my reaction probably would have been worse because when the spotlight comes on me I probably would have stood up off the seat and sat on the floor next to it and said (laughs) (laughs) you think you just sit there and just be like I think I've got away with this (laughs) slowly peeling the reserved sign sticker off the back and just put it on your mate's seat (laughs) oh what a story (laughs) I'll I'll never ever get over that one I'll take that with me to the grave that story (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that is amazing I've never heard anything like it I just couldn't imagine that do you know what any any gig I do from now on I'm just going to put a reserve sign on one of the t- on the chairs and just tell that story just to see what happens <laughs> <laughs> every single That's... time it's just going to be somebody just sat in there you're, you're just going to make their life horrible yeah. that's oh, going to be part of the show every show I do <laughs> that is such a, that is evil but good that is evil. <laughs> I need to see evidence of this, Dave. <laughs> wow. I'll give it a go. Let you know how it goes. Oh, Man, that, uh, is, that is brutal. It's so brutal. I feel sorry for the poor people who are going to sit in that chair now. Oh, God. Imagine it. They'd remember going to one of your gigs, wouldn't they? Like, oh, yeah. remember, that, remember that knobhead, Dave, that got me to... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, see oh. overall aim at a gig. You want to, you want the crowd to remember you. So maybe you maybe you're onto something there. Could yeah, be my thing. yeah. Could be my there thing. Yeah. Could be your thing. Could yeah, be your absolutely. thing. Mentally torturing people with guilt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I heard you guys like talking about Marilyn Manson like in a previous episode, and like obviously oh, this thing. Was, don't get me like, started oh, on him. Yeah. Like, yeah, sucking people off on stage and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's 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 your equivalent, I guess. Oh God! I don't, I don't know if the equivalent to Marilyn Manson. Oh, God, no. On the same <laughs> lines, but yeah, <laughs> I d- yeah. I think I'd rather have the reserve seat than watching that Mount play again. I've wasted too much of my time trying to listen to him and go after a good gig. Marilyn Manson, sorry, mate. Go choke on a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Got a feeling that he's going to enter every episode we do. <laughs> but yeah, he is. It's have to bring that up... is what he did. He did choke on a yeah. bag of dicks. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, sir, I'll carry on. <laughs> oh, God. Crikey. Yeah, no, we, yeah. Marilyn Manson can't keep cropping up. He's going to be the bane of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, do um, comment every episode now just to make sure it's exactly <laughs> Oh, God. Manson's Corner. Is he still touring? He's got to have something about it, hasn't he? I think, in all fairness, I think it's like I've missed out because there's one of the gigs that I've always wanted to go and see and by the time I've seen it. So I do, do, I, do I just give up the ghost now and just get, knock it on the head? It's never going to happen. Or do I keep chasing that dream? And then you never know, one day I might go to a gig that he's in, that he's playing, and he might be all right. Is that a possibility, do you reckon? Do you reckon you've got to chase a dream or is it at some point you've just got to knock it on the head? 
Well, well you could knock it on the head, but like there, there was a time I, I heard a story from Bill Bailey when he saw um, Metallica at Milton Keynes Bowl and Marilyn Manson was opening for him. I don't know if you guys have heard this story before. But no, I haven't. I, I think I know where you're going. With yeah. This, so. uh, one of the things that uh, Marilyn Manson does when he's opening for an artist is like chant the name of the city. And so the audience were greeted to this amazing sight of like seven foot three, you know, eyes different cover, wearing a rubber corset, down on one knee, just going, Milton Keynes. <laughs> it's just like nobody told him, like Milton Keynes, not a cool place, dude. It's like Satan's <laughs> lay by. <laughs> Come to the home of the roundabout. Come to Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right, I think we're getting about. To, I'm going to have to try and wrap this up a little bit because I'm going to try and keep this one on time. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that people can help support you in your quest in making glorious, glorious beats? Have you yeah, got like um, yeah, um, best place to best place to uh, get in contact with me, I guess, is on Instagram. So I'm at um, yeah. at confidential underscore lofi. That's L O F I. But I'm also um, available on uh coffee which is uh ko-fi.com um you can find me at at, um confidential underscore lo-fi as well um there you can buy me a coffee because you know like a car runs on petrol um beat makers run on coffee and uh, you can can buy me a coffee for three dollars uh i'll be very grateful all the money that comes from that um goes straight into um, into the music so whether that's um, you know acquiring samples or to um, promote the music um, that's that's where the money goes straight to and when you and when you do donate for every coffee you donate um, I'll send you an exclusive link to a beat that I'm either working on or might have recently finished um, that okay. you'll get to hear oh, from right. everybody else Excellent. Oh, that's cool Nice. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good thing to do. I don't. I don't, I've not, I don't think I've heard of that. I'm gonna have to look into you, that. Um, Definitely. You do do an article as well, don't you? You, you write articles on a reg- regular basis. I know it's not music related, but I have seen a few links to something else you do as well. Um, yeah. So I'm hopefully going to be starting that back up again soon. So I'm. Um, yeah. I for my day job, I work in uh, digital marketing, um, and yeah, I write digital marketing articles on uh, on Medium. Medium.com forward slash. Okay. Uh, at George Wakerley, um, uh, if anybody's interested in marketing, which obviously in music, I think marketing is more important than the music itself, really. <laughs> yeah. Because like listening to your previous episodes, you know, you guys are talking about um, the artists like Post Malone, the whole SoundCloud rap movement. Yeah, yeah. And I think that really is big proof that um, marketing is just that much more important now. Um, you know, yeah, like yeah. the traditional way was to be, yeah, building up your fan base over years and years, mm. playing live gigs to, you know, like two people and a dog. Um, and so eventually like a hundred people turn a thousand people turn up but um that seems to be becoming unfortunately controversial thing to say i think that's becoming like less and less of a thing really absolutely yeah it's all going digital yeah Yeah, it is it is yeah and it 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 opens it opens to so many more possibilities and so many different different people that can listen to something do you know what i'm going to give that a go and they can put it out without worrying about the, the massive costs of putting certain things into production because you can i think bedroom djs are coming back around if you know what i mean yeah well that's that's, that's what all this loaf this this chill pop stuff is it's just like the bedroom yeah. bedroom producers and then you got you know bedroom pop um never remember um her name exactly but it's beta boo doopy or something like that um who's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i can never remember what it is but um yeah she's like yeah been massive massive hit um past like year year and a half 
um she's just like a bedroom bedroom pop artist and it's, it's just amazing you know her first hit single was just her her playing with a guitar and singing into like really really rubbish microphone sounds you know quite quite low fidelity of course mm. and it was a massive hit uh, but that you know it was that opportunity that she's been given mm. yeah yeah definitely okay. it's, it's a good chance to get substance with uh, without having to bear the cost of huge production i guess yeah definitely and i think also that's what the public are, are looking for a lot of the times these days is some it's a lot more relatable now compared to mm. um you know the really really high production value it's like Def leopard with one of their albums I think it was like pour some sugar on me or something they recorded every single note individually and retuned <laughs> yeah. the guitar yeah. and spent god knows how much money and, and, and obviously chinese democracy um guns and roses just like the millions and Let's millions of dollars oh. yeah yeah <laughs> longest awaited album oh. of all time longest awaited album and then it was and like, it was yeah, cack it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah 30 years and you get a stack of bullshit uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that era for now is is over and it's like all about um like being relatable and like just i mean i, I like to say we're in the, the era of content now so mm. he's putting out loads of music and um mm. and just sort of pumping it out which you are doing at a very high rate <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely this is like therapy for me so i'm just like getting as much as i can right now <laughs> definitely keep it going man keep it going i can't Thank wait you. to hear the new stuff coming out i really yeah, really enjoy yeah. it admit. thanks a lot man i really appreciate that no worries at all mate thanks very much for coming on Really well, appreciate it. Me. Lovely to talk to you. Uh, right, guys, you've heard it from the man himself. If you want to go and uh, listen to Confidential's music, go and uh, listen on Spotify. Uh, just go- Google him, man. He's, um, have you got a YouTube account? You've got a YouTube account, haven't you? Do you, are, you man, are you big on YouTube? Uh, I'm just working on some content for YouTube right now, actually. It's a bit yeah. secret, so I can't tell you guys on here. But, uh, send me a message afterwards and I'll let you know. Yeah, but, um, Exclusive I, coming this way. <laughs> yeah, okay. it will be exclusive to YouTube as well, this this content. So it's oh, going to be really cool. I'm dead excited about it. Well, awesome. There's a link when it's ready and we'll uh, post it on the page. Definitely. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll keep Absolutely, on talking yeah. it away. Yeah. Really Mate, we're it. 100% behind you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, right, brilliant. Right, thanks again, guys. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's it. So uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up now. So uh, yeah, go and go and listen to Confidential's music. You will not be disappointed. Uh, so I'm from me, Sabin, and yeah, and go yeah, go buy him a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right, from me, Sabin, and the rest of the guys at Turn It Up. Uh, we will see you again a lot sooner than normal. <laughs> <laughs> right, don't forget, guys. Turn it up to eleven, baby. Peace. And there we have it. The man himself, George, confidential. Absolutely brilliant guy. Love talking to him. Um, yeah, so go and look him up. Go and look up confidential and uh, listen to the material he's putting out. It's really, really, really good. Um, and go buy the man a coffee and uh, help support him. Uh, I just wanted to add a couple of things on the end of this. Um, next episode, we are going to be talking to someone that I've wanted to talk to for quite a long time. It's Thomas Benjamin Wild Esquire. If you don't know who that is, then you need to sort yourself out. Go look him up on YouTube. He's absolutely brilliant. He's the uh, amazing guy that put out the track No More Fucks To Give that's where, that went viral. Uh, and he's got loads of other brilliant songs like Pants Drunk and uh, Don't Be An Arsehole which are some of my favourites, so I'm really excited to talk to him. So come back next week and uh, listen to that interview. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Um, 
Yeah, one more thing. I want to give a shout out to the Healing Hut because they have kindly let me use their space to record this episode. Um, so a big shout out to John at the Healing Hut. If anyone's interested in uh, any spiritual healing or anything like that, uh, go look him up. Uh, go on uh, facebook.com forward slash energy healing hut. Um, or you can contact him directly on email at john at spiritualmedium.co.uk. Uh, they do one-to-one sessions for private healing, uh, spiritual guidance and development. Uh, they do energy work, uh, weekly meditation evenings, workshops, and they do, they do loads of other stuff as well. Always just a safe place to talk. So if that interests you, go in and give them a shout. Uh, so yeah, thanks a lot for that. Really appreciate it. Right, until the next episode, guys. Much love. Peace. Peace.